Um. Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Good morning, everybody. It is time for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends 810. Yes, sir, Bob, we're going to do a garden show here this morning with me, one of the Garden Wise guys. I'm Jim Borland, and the other one sitting pretty doggone close to me is Keith Funk. Good morning. It is a snowy <clears throat> morning. We had a little snow over the night, over last night. Not much. Thank goodness, because I had enough the day before. No kidding. But it is April, you know. It is April. And it's typical. And every year is different. And this can happen again in May. <laughs> and I think, More than once. And I think next week, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Monday is supposed to happen again. Yeah, uh-huh. I just can't wait. Here we are all making preparations of putting things outside in the garden. I already have. Oh, I have too, <clears throat> but there were a lot of other things that I'd like to put out. I was thinking about putting out, and now I can't. Why not? Well, it's, I'm not. I'm not digging in snow. Don't you have any cloches? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I have no cloches. Do you think that would have helped? And, and I don't have any lights either. You don't have any lights. Lights. You haven't heard that term on your English show? No. Oh, lights. Why? That that just means um, glass. Oh, yeah. okay. Greenhouses were covered with lights, don't you know? That, that no, doesn't mean the incandescent type. No. Certainly not the LED type. That means glass. Glass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, they just refer to cloches <clears throat> and fleece. That's the cover, isn't it? Yeah, that's that frost blanket frost stuff. Bl- that we call white, frost blanket. Yeah. yeah. Fleece. That yeah. white <laughs> that white feather light stuff. That you can I could most things. suppose you could make your own if you had a couple of sheep running around. But <laughs> fleece. Huh. I wonder how that got its name. It doesn't look like fleece. No, it doesn't. And I can't imagine, you know, having a bunch of sheep lie down on your plants would be a good idea. I don't think so. Keep them warm, though. <laughs> yeah, it would. And they'd, they'd have something to eat while they were laying there. <laughs> they would indeed. Hey, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is that you ask us a garden questions, please. And here's our phone number, 303-477-2473. That will get you in here to the studio, and there's a whole gang of people in here waiting for your phone call and to manipulate it through whatever digital things they do, and it finally gets to us. And, and until we get phone calls, every 30 seconds, they get an electrical shock. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and to fill up time, since we were talking about animals, yes, we got an animal. We haven't had an animal ever in our entire married life. Got oh, a cat. That's right. We got a cat. <laughs> and I just the, found the, it. A prince formerly known as Princess. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I just found out something about cats, like domesticated cats, that is, cats. Mm-hmm. They're really not domesticated. They just made them small. Oh, yeah? Because if they were any bigger, they would eat us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that friendly, is he? Yeah, they, they bite a lot, I'll tell you. Ooh. Sharp teeth, too. They got, like, puppy teeth forever. 
No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. They draw blood, then they sit there and lick it up. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> He's a good cat <clears throat> so far. Most of the time. As long as you keep your distance. But huh? man, do they shed. Holy Moses. Oh, really? That's too bad. And I don't, I don't know where they're shedding from. I mean, obviously it's coming from a cat. You know, if you go through the house and use your mop and fucking, gee, look at all that stuff that's gathered up. You got kitty bunnies all over the place. Yeah, but no bald spots on the cat. <laughs> Not that we can tell. <laughs> they should have several by yeah. now. Yeah. My goodness. It's not like you, you look at the cat and they're just shedding. I mean, I, yes, they lose hair. I mean, I lose hair. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't gather up on the floor like a cat. <laughs> Only in the bathroom. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, let's see. I guess I was going to say what, we planted, what we've planted outside so far. Yes. I planted out some peas uh, that I started indoors in cell packs. I just direct sowed them into cell packs. And then before this last cold snap, they had been outside for a good 10 days, about six inches tall. So I planted them before the <laughs> snow. And we shall see. <laughs> we shall. <laughs> and I did something I saw on that British gardening show I've been watching. They don't use trellises, or this, at least this guy doesn't use trellises to grow his peas on. He uses pea sticks. Okay. <laughs> I've always thought of those as pregnancy yeah, tests, well, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was pruning that cotone aster you gave me. Mm-hmm. And so I saved the pruning pieces yeah. from that mm-hmm. and stuck them in the ground yep. where I planted the peas for them to grow up on. Mm-hmm. Have they grown up on it yet? <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been long enough. I also planted sweet peas that I also had started inside. And the reason I start them inside is we have these pesky things called finches. Yes. And sometimes magpies. And if I direct seed them in the ground outside, as soon as they start coming up, they get attacked. So I start them inside and plant them out as pre-started plants, and the birds don't seem to notice. Go figure. I don't know. I see that our finches are feeding on the flowers of my Nanking cherry. Aha. Uh-huh. Just the flowers, just the petals. Thank you very much. I mean, they can have all they want because with the weather we've been having, it's not going to amount to much this year. No. Too cold. That's right. That's right. Oh, I also planted broccoli plants. Yeah. That I had started from seed myself, patting myself on the back right now. And they'd been hardening off as well, so they should be fine. Uh, and you can too. I mean, there's, you know, once we have this snow on Monday, uh, if you've got some coal crops, C O L E, mm-hmm. not C O L D, but C O L E, I guess, where, where does that word come from? I think it comes from cold, C O L D. Oh. I okay. think. Same derivation, I think. All right. Well, anyway, uh, coal crops would include things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. What else? What am I um, missing? <clears throat> kale. Kale. Kohlrabi, probably. Kohlrabi, yep, another yeah. one. Those, those, can, those prefer, they actually need to be planted out early, in the early part of the year. Uh, if you plant them too late, they just bolt and go to seed. Yeah, as soon as we hit 80 degrees, that's it, they're done. Yeah, so get them out early if you want a crop. Um, once they're established and growing well, the temperatures don't seem to be so crucial. But when they're little, 
the temperatures seem to be much more crucial. Also, the watering. Never, ever, 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 ever let them dry out enough to wilt. You might as well pull them all out and throw them away. No, <laughs> you're going to keep them thinking, thinking that they'll revert to juvenility again. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. No. No. So, um, so, yeah, those can go out as soon as we get past this next Monday. Uh, and, and when you're buying plants, if, if you're buying plants to do this with, uh, you haven't started them from seed yourself. It's getting a little late to start them from seed at this point. Yeah. Um, go to the garden center, buy some plants that are outdoors, if you can, so that, or, and, you know, in a cold greenhouse, so that it only takes a few days to harden them off once you get them home before you plant them outdoors. If they're really, in a, if they're in a warm greenhouse and they're really lush and beautiful and gorgeous, um, it's going to take longer to harden them off before you plant them, at least a week or 10 days to get them used to being outdoors, which is what hardening off means. Same thing for your perennials, too. I might buy those from outdoor benches. Yes. They've already been hardened off. You can plant them immediately. Immediately. Now, if they're in inside the greenhouse, <coughs> not so much. No. Same with roses. Inside the greenhouse, you can't take them home that day, this time of year, and plant them the same day. They'll need to be hardened off. Yep. But if they're outdoors and have been growing outdoors for the past few weeks or more, then they'd be fine to take home. Same with nursery stock, same with vines. Trees, shrubs, vines, roses, perennials. If they've been growing outdoors at the nursery, they can grow outdoors at your house. There you go. There you go. If you bought some things you're wondering whether or not you should put them out, why give us a call at 303-477-2473. And we will attempt to answer that question, whatever it might be, whatever plant you uh, you are considering or already have bought and perhaps shouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I like the saw. I know what you're going to say. I saw that posting you put on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> on our Facebook page, I put a, a funny cartoon. There was a gal at a, it could be a guy too, I suppose, at a garden center looking at tables of plants. And the first table says, Plants $5 that will die in a week. In a week. <laughs> and then the next table, plants $10 that will die in a month. <laughs> and the next table was plants $25 that will die in two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's often true, unfortunately. So the, the secret is to buy expensive plants. They'll, they'll last longer in your garden. Is that it? Yeah. I need to buy $100 <laughs> plants then. <laughs> No. I don't know about you. Are you a, are you a person who, who saves plants at the grocery store that are on the markdown? I used dollar? to. <clears throat> I don't do that anymore. You don't do that? No. Why not? Um, it, there's never anything I want anyway. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I don't get a big kick out of bringing it back to life. But for beginners? Yeah, I can do that, yeah. That's a, that's a good place to get some cheap plants, and, and usually the only reason they're there is, number one, they've gone out of flower, mm-hmm. so nobody wants yeah. to buy them. Mm-hmm. And number two, they, may, they might look a little rough because they may not have got, been getting the best care. But if they're still green and seem viable, you probably can take them home yeah. For, yeah. A, for a cheap price and get them going. If you're in the right place at the right time, you probably could have gotten all the leftover Easter lilies mm-hmm. for nothing. Because yeah. they're going to throw them away. 
Well, yeah. And they're hardy outside here. <clears throat> you can plant them in the yep. ground and treat them as a perennial. They, they won't come up in Easter again, ever. No. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> They'll come up in June. But speaking of lilies, the garden centers have those but in bulbs, you know, in their bulb oh, section yeah. this time of year. There's all kinds of good stuff there at the garden centers. Um, it's important to buy large, full-sized bulbs. Uh, they're going to be more expensive. Yeah, that, this is the place not to go cheap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, don't buy the, you know, 500 bulbs for a buck. <laughs> not going to be worth it. Not even the dollar. But uh, get some full-size bulbs, <clears throat> nice and, and nice and firm, mm-hmm. not mushy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can plant lilies right now. They're available at the garden centers. You can plant them in the ground <clears throat> tomorrow if you want to. I don't know why you would, but... You'll need a snow shovel first. Well, true, <laughs> true. But, you know, you plant those things a good six or more inches deep. And so they're down there protected from the cold weather, and they get rooted in, and they start putting up a shoot. And by the middle of May or end of May, then they start to show above ground. Yeah. So they're nicely protected down there. Um, gladiolas are the same way. You could do that. Or crocosmia. I know a lot of people who are just discovering co- crocosmia. Lucifer is the variety name that uh, I would recommend. seems to be the most hardy here. And they're pretty cheap in the garden center as bulbs. Not so much as potted plants. No. And they usually put five, six, seven bulbs in a pot. Yes. Which makes a nice display. Which, number one, it, the, reason they do it could be, the reason they do that is because they are so cheap. Yes. So you might as well just buy the bulbs. And you wouldn't put seven dahlias in a pot. No. No. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Um, but they also have dahlias is another one that you could buy now and, and get potted up into. I usually start with a, a six or seven inch pot, maybe an eight inch pot, depending on how big the actual, what would that thing be called? A tuber? For dahlia, dahlia? tubers? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Tu- tubers. Yeah. I mean, don't overpot them <clears throat> right off the bat. Keep, put them in as small a pot as you can to comfortably fit the tubers, the root system. With the eye, which is the little growing sprout at the base of this old stem, uh, just below the soil surface. Mine are already up. They were, they were in the ground for maybe three days, and they yeah. poked up above the ground. They're just, they're just can't wait to grow. Speak. Oh, we've got to take a little break. We'll be coming back here shortly with uh, your garden questions, and uh, dial them in here, 303 477 2473, right here on Legends 810. Time for Ask the Bonide Guy. I've got the answers to what's bugging you. Let's get right to our calls. Ellen on line one. Hey, um, so, okay, I have this ash tree I really love named Joanne. Is that weird? Kind of, but hey, if you're okay, I'm okay. Oh, good. Okay. So, I want to protect Joanne from emerald ash borers, but she's like 40 feet tall and I'm a little scared of heights. Ooh, me too. But I've got a solution that'll protect your tree for the whole year without spraying or climbing. Really? Oh, yeah. Just add Bonide Annual Tree and Shrub Insect Control to the base of the tree. The protection's absorbed right up through the roots and carried up into the tree. Oh, and Ellen, there's no climbing or spraying necessary. Oh, yay. It's the most effective way to protect your trees from all the elements. Oh, that's awesome. That'll make Joanne so happy. Oh, yeah. Feel free to give her a hug. Aw, thanks, Bonide guy. Protect your trees and shrubs the easy way with annual tree and shrub insect control from Bonide. Trusted since 1926. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today or learn more at Bonide.com. 
What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moon shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought-resistant. Colorado's own Turf Mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer. In the spring, everything is about the roots. Use Fertilome Root Stimulator in Plant Starter Solution for everything you plant. Trees, shrubs, ornamentals, and flowers. Make three applications 10 to 14 days apart and get up to 33% more roots. More roots means summer hardiness, increased drought tolerance, and less insect and fungus issues. Fertilome Root Stimulator in Plant Starter Solution also reduces transplant shock and promotes greener, more vigorous plants. Ask for it at your favorite local independent nursery, garden center, or hardware store, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. All right, we're back here. We are taking your phone calls at 303-477-2473. You mentioned something that, 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 uh, sparked a, a, re, a memory in my head and i don't remember <laughs> I, I don't i don't remember what what it was that you said but we were at a restaurant here over the past week and uh and of course you go in a restaurant and there's nothing on the table mm-hmm. nothing except a paper menu which they throw away after you're done right okay well i got a i wanted a cup of coffee of course now you have to remember to to order everything else that goes with that. Uh, sure. In my case, it's cream and sugar. Right. And and also... Or take your own. Or take my own. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't think they even allow that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and something else that, that we got that they required salt and pepper. Okay. And cream. Well, I did say that, didn't I? Um, and the same thing applies to mustard and, and ketchup. Then now comes in those little packets. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop there. I didn't realize that when you're done with your meal, and you usually have a whole bunch of that stuff still there because they give you far more than you ever use, mm-hmm. take it home with you. They just throw it away. Because they're just going to throw it away. Yeah. They do not restock with that. Everything gets thrown away. I think all the dishes and everything, they throw all those away too. <laughs> <laughs> but well, something you said on the break sparked a memory for me, <laughs> but I remember what you said. <laughs> you were talking about ornamental grasses. Yes, ornamental grasses. In Las Vegas, we're talking about... Outlawing them because of water use, I, I imagine. Yes, yeah, water use. Turns out that the article <coughs> that you were reading was about turf grasses, and they turf were calling grasses. it ornamental grasses yes. uh, in, in unnecessary places. And it reminded me of people coming into the nursery asking me mm-hmm. for lo, uh, xeric grasses, mm-hmm. low water grasses. They mm-hmm. want, you know, like the hardy pampas grass that grows 10 yeah. feet tall, but they don't want to have to water it. And I'm thinking, well, 
how does it get 10 feet tall without watering it? <laughs> and and it, it made me look some more at the grasses. And pretty much all of the grasses, ex- with the exception of maybe the blonde ambition, mm-hmm. are not low water grasses. Hmm. They come from areas mm. of the country or the world where they get... 36, 48, or more inches yeah. of moisture a year. <clears throat> That's true. <clears throat> we get 14. <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Although the Sacaton grass mm-hmm. is a native grass, and it gets, it gets to be a pretty good size it grass. It does, doesn't it? Um, and even bigger if you actually do water it. Yeah. But once you get it established, you can, you can back off and water it almost 100%, and it'll continue on growing. Yeah. Well, I was, I was surprised, I, actually— Going through the the stock at the nursery of of the grasses, and and, and Nick's has a really good selection of ornamental grasses. Mm-hmm. How many of them are not low water grasses yep. here? Yeah. Now they might be a low water grass in a temperate rainforest in the mm-hmm. northwest, but not here. Yeah, most of the garden stuff that you read <clears throat> in magazines and, and other places will tell you that they're low water. Yeah. Or xeric. Z- yeah, well, that depends on where that article was written. <clears throat> if it was written in Charlotte, South Carolina, yep. that's a whole lot different kettle of fish. Yeah, so Echinacea, the coneflower, is, yeah. is often registered or, or listed as being xeric. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Not here. Same with daylilies. Yep. Daylilies are supposedly xeric. Ha! You just try that. All things try are, it once. <laughs> all things are relative. <clears throat> yeah, so consider the source that you're reading the information from. All right. Well, s- speaking of source, we have uh, the source of some questions sitting online here <laughs> waiting to talk to us. Let's go out and talk to Dennis on line one about his stump removal question. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. Uh I'd like to know what you, you had a name of a recommendation, or not a recommendation, but of an individual for a stump removal. What is, what is that contact information? That contact information is a phone number, and you're ready? Yes, I'm <clears throat> That's 303-246-6891. Okay, 246-6891-303. That's right. And the owner of that company is Mordecai, who used to go by Glenn. Yeah. He'll, he go, he'll go buy anything you call him. Yeah. And uh, the company name is Stump Removal and Daughter. Stump Removal and Daughter. Great. That's what I need to know this morning. All right. And Mordecai and, and his uh, business partner, Patrick, who I'm required by law to say is cute as a button, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they will be happy to take care of pretty much <clears throat> anything that you have as far as stump removal goes. Plus, they do tree pruning and yeah. other things yeah. as well. And if you have a tight space, he can take his uh, stump removal equipment through a three-foot-wide gate. Yeah. I think our gate might be three-and-a-half foot. So. All you right. Go. You're, you got six, you got three inches on either side. I had him take out a stump okay. that was right up against my foundation. And I was, you know, most places won't even touch that. If it's right up against yeah. the foundation, and and he has machinery that can handle that, so uh, pretty much like I said, any situation he'll be able to, to deal with. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. You, you bet. bet. Thanks for calling this morning. I think he's got something like twenty-three of those pieces of equipment, doesn't he? And they're Ferraris or something. Yeah, he's right? got, <laughs> they're big. I mean, he's got a lot of them, just in case one breaks down. That's right. 
So there you go. So yeah, either either Mordecai or Patrick will be taking care of you if you give them a call. Tell them you heard it from us, the Garden Wise guys. They always like to know that we send referrals their way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned something earlier about putting stuff in the garden, and I'm just thinking, what are the things that I planted? Planted from seed. Mm-hmm. I didn't put any plants in, did I? Yes, I did. I put a horseradish in. Ooh, you're I brave. May, I may rue the day. You are brave. <laughs> and and of all places, I got it for free <clears throat> from my dentist. It's still. <laughs> I don't care how free it is. <laughs> I don't think I would do that. But anyway, I did so uh, lettuce and spinach and radishes and carrots and kohlrabi and leeks and onions. Whoa. And lions and tigers, oh my. <laughs> You've been a busy boy. Yeah, and I've been out looking, waiting, 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 waiting. You did no-till this year, too, didn't you? I Yeah, no-till gardening. See how not, not on purpose. And I found out <laughs> that my lettuce packet apparently has a hole in it. Oh, yeah? Because I'm seeing them all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they're pretty good at germinating, and, and they and and the lettuce is finally poking its head up. And I saw a, a spinach that's coming up, and the rest of it just you know it's going to be there until June. Oh yeah, jeez. Well, I collected my own seed on on uh, on lettuce. I know you gave me enough for the next you know six decades. I know, and I have at least twenty decades in my. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad it doesn't last that long. <laughs> anyway, they went to seed, and I collected the seed, and that's probably what's coming up. Seed blows all over the place oh yeah that's true yeah all right well let's get back out to the phones dan is waiting to talk to us uh about a carrot issue that's what it is good morning dan yeah dan good morning my carrots uh grew down properly about four or five inches Uh uh-huh doubled backwards going back to the surface Uh, another three or four inches okay did you did you uh, direct sow those in the ground, or did you transplant them into the ground for, as plants? I uh, planted uh, seed, uh, seeds. You planted seeds in the ground. Okay. Because uh, I've, I've seen that happen when people try to start carrots in pots and then transfer them to the garden and the the roots get no, bent. Okay. The other thing, um, did, did you add anything to the soil this year? Yes. What did you add? Oh, some uh, miracle Grow. Oh, okay. Some fertilizer. All right. Uh, yeah. Did you add any compost or manure or anything? No. No. That's good. Okay. Well, I, I've asked all the questions I have. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I have no idea why they might be growing back towards the surface. Um, this is a garden box. And these are left over from last year? No. No. Just bought a new package. This is a garden box that I inherited in a community uh, uh and uh, this is the first time I've planted carrots. Okay, now we'll have to go through the step by step. You planted, you sowed the carrots in the ground, and how do we know that they're growing back up? 
when I harvested them, they stopped about four inches in length in the correct direction. Okay. And and then turned uh, 180 degrees and started growing back up another three or four inches toward the surface. All right. Now, next question I have is, how deep is your planter planter box? Well, I suppose, I've never dug it up, but I suppose that it's uh, about uh, 10 inches deep, 9 or 10. Hmm. And, and all the carrots did this, or just a few? No, all of the carrots. All the carrots. That is puzzling. They were the decorative, uh, the colored carrots. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that might have happened. Um. And there's dirt. Surely there's dirt to the center of the earth underneath this garden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so it's an open bottom then. Interesting. Open bottom, yes. Yeah. I'm assuming that, yes. Okay. It's... It's just uh, four uh, two-by-tens um, creating the, the, the surround for mm-hmm. the bo- uh, crea- creating the box. The only other thing I can think of is uh, might have been a watering issue. How do, how do you water, How did you water them? Mm-hmm. With a, with a hose. Okay. I'm wondering if the water got I down. I I had overwatered uh, the previous year, and a neighbor told me uh, corrected that. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if the water got deep enough, such that most of the water available to the plant was closer to the surface, and not down oh. deep where the where the the end of that taproot is. That's true. And so the roots were growing where the water was, mostly, and that was closer to the surface. Yeah, but the other vegetables uh, didn't need that correction. Is that right? The tomatoes and the lettuce and the... Yeah, they they are all deep-rooted. Well, the lettuce isn't, but the tomatoes, cucumbers, you know, those bigger plants... Are all pretty deep rooted, and want to get the you need to get the water down ten or twelve inches deep, which is hard to do when you hand water because yeah. when you're hand watering, it looks like after thirty seconds or so the the soil starts to puddle, and you think, oh, it must be wet enough. And yes. in in reality, if you were to go in there after you water la- like that and dig down with a trowel, you'd find that maybe the top inch of soil is really really wet, but below that is still dry. And it's only because when you hand water, you put the water on so quickly that it doesn't have a chance to soak in as fast as you're applying it. Yes. So it starts to puddle on top. So I think I'd, instead of hand watering, I would go with a sprinkler uh, that you could set to run you know, on, a, on a lower volume but for over a longer period of time. And, and I think it's before impossible. you plant... Yeah, it's impossible because I, I share this with... 
uh, about uh, 20 other community community oh. members. All right. Well, I think the next thing I was going to say was before you plant this year, I would take the time uh, either yourself or have somebody dig down at least a foot deep into that into oh. that soil to loosen it all up so that the water can oh. penetrate down quickly. And maybe okay. if, the, if the soil is really dense, you might want to add some compost to uh, loosen it up a bit so that the water can penetrate uh, as quickly as you're putting it on. I would have to create that compost over months, months of time, right? Well, that or you can actually buy it by the bag. Yeah, the garden oh, centers all sell. Can, yeah, yeah. All, all the garden centers sell compost. And one last I, thing, Dawn uh, or yeah. Dan, when you water, yeah. um, go ahead and water by hand if that's what you must do. But then come yes. back in 15, 20 minutes and water it again. And do oh. that several times so that you ensure that the water actually does get deep into the soil. Okay. Because it's going to want to puddle, puddle up once you, if you use an open hose on it. Yeah, or... Don't plant carrots. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could do that, I guess. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it would be I think, interesting, I think Don. That's what I'll do. Uh, well, if you can loosen the soil up enough, though, you should be able to plant carrots or plant a carrot that doesn't have the really long root. There are some shorter, uh, short-growing carrots that only get about four inches long. That would be perfect for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. But I think it would be fun as an experiment this summer <clears throat> when you hand water. Uh, like Jim said, go back in 10 or 15 minutes and take a trowel and dig down in the soil and see how far down that water actually got. Okay. And that will help you figure out how to hand water more effectively. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, show. Thanks a lot. Take care. You Bye too, back. Dan. All right, we're coming up on the clock here that says we have to take a break, and we're going to do that and come back shortly to take your garden questions at 303 477-2473 here on Legends 810. At DeWitt Company, we have fabrics for every reason and products for every season. When frost, freezing temperatures, and cold nights threaten your veggies and flowers, DeWitt's Insulate Fabric Blanket provides a safe environment for your tender plants during unpredictable cold snaps this spring. DeWitt Insulate is a medium-weight, permeable, UV-treated fabric designed to protect flowering annuals, bedding plants, and vegetables from cold and freezing temperatures. This fabric installs easily and is reusable. Insulate lets you get out there and plant earlier, giving you a jump start on our short growing season. Don't take a chance when frosty weather threatens. Protect your time, hard work, and money with DeWitt Insulate Fabric as a low-cost insulation against the elements. DeWitt Landscaping Products and Plant Fabrics are the number one choice of professionals in the lawn and garden industry. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for the responsible homeowner. One company, one call, over 600 products. Go to www.dewittcompany.com for more information. You'll find DeWitt Insulate at your favorite independent garden centers, including Lafayette Forest and Greenhouse, Nick's Garden Center, Tagawa Gardens, and Jared's Nursery. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! 
It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moon shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought-resistant. Colorado's own Turf Mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer. We are taking your garden questions here on Legends 810. It is the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys. I'm one of them, and Keith is the other one over there. I'm drinking my coffee. Don't bother me. And we both respond to this following number, 303-477-2473. We started first started this. (laughs) Farsing? A bunch of years ago. Did we have the, the, the area code 303? You got me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember when that started. I don't remember either. Maybe our research and development department can tell us. <laughs> yeah, really. But it sure made made the life a little easier. You don't have to remember. Jeez, area codes. Uh-huh. Why should you need, need an area code? Come on. We all live in the same place here. Not like we're calling New York or something. Well, when I was a kid, the phone number was Atwater <clears throat> 3 and then four numbers. Ours was Underhill 4. Underhill 4. <laughs> yes. I don't know where the Underhill part came from. I never did learn. I don't know where the Atwater came from. But it came from somewhere. Had a good reason at the time. Probably somebody's name. Probably. I got an interesting little thing here. Mm. In 1810, on this date, and we'd never have guessed this, pineapple cheese was patented. I didn't know you could patent it, the cheese. Patented by Lewis M. Norton. Pineapple cheese. Apparently it wasn't all that popular. I, I don't remember not. seeing pineapple cheese anywhere. Although I do like <coughs> pineapple on my pizza. I do, too. I do, too. Some people don't. It's just anathema. Well, some people, like my wife, do not like sweet and savory in the same bite. How about umami? <laughs> <coughs> yeah. I like umami in my pizza. Do you? <laughs> yes. Okay. You can get that separately, you know, a little... It comes in a little jar. A little jar. (laughs) (laughs) Along with gluten. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, good. Let's see. What else are we going to talk about today? I don't know. Lawn care. That's a good one for this time of year. What are you going to do with your lawn? I was thinking about going out and maybe cutting grass. Really? Already? And then the snow said, nope, you're not going to do it. Not going to do it. I'm sorry. I haven't cut mine either. But it is a great time to be aerating if you haven't already. You still have time all through the month of May even. It's a good time to aerate the lawn. And if you're going to aerate, I would do that before you fertilize. Yeah, so the fertilizer falls down in all those holes. Because that's where the roots are, don't you yeah. know? And if it doesn't, you can crawl around with the tweezers and pick, pick up the fertilizer pellets and drop them <laughs> down. Drop the them in there. <laughs> you could. Yeah, we're a little funnel. Yeah, a little funnel. You could fill up all those holes. Now, we should develop an aerator that has a fertilizer injector 
so that it's, as it aerates, uh, it drops fertilizer into the hole that it creates. They do it on farms, don't you know? We'd be millionaires. We'd, they be, get, we'd be rich. They, <laughs> they got equipment on farms. Of course, you know, they can drag all kinds of stuff behind that tractor. Well, I know. And they can drag fertilizer and, and, uh, and chop up soil kind of devices. Mm-hmm. and Dead farm and, animals. And, and, and plants and herbicide. All in one pass. Yeah. It can be done. So, <laughs> so you see a big Aldous Chalmers tractor in your yard <laughs> <laughs> pulling all this equipment behind Yeah. It. The turning radius is a little too tight, though, in most yards. It, I don't think it would fit through the gate. <clears throat> now you'd have to tear down your, your, your fence. My, my, my decorative element, I can't call it a fence. Not allowed in our HOA. Oh, that's right. You do have a <clears throat> decorative element that mm-hmm. happens to be long and <laughs> <laughs> fence-like. And fence-like. <clears throat> but not a true fence. No, no, because I use it as a trellis to grow my clematis. There you go. It's a trellis, not or, a fence. Or clematis. Yep. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you growing a bush type? Clematis? Clematis? I have several, yes. Mongolian bells, of yep. course. Yep. Got to have that. And then the new one, the Mongolian snowflake? There's a bunch of new ones, yellow ones, typically, that are bushy to short height to 8 to 10 foot. There's um, Clematis recta is one. Yeah. That's blue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Heterofolia, <coughs> is that what it's called? Yeah, Heterofolium so. or Heterofolia? Another bush type that gets to about 3 feet or so. I find that all of them need some kind of support. Yeah. Unless you don't mind them just rambling around on the ground. Yeah. yeah. But especially Mongolian bells, uh, it, I like growing it in amongst <coughs> other perennials that they can use for support. For support, yeah. And then it just kind of pokes its head up here and there and mm-hmm, blooms, mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of charming. Sort of like, sort of like pulsatilla. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, and a, these, which is a relative. These you cut back to the ground. They're all in the, in the, butter, yeah, the buttercup yes. family, yeah. yes. So... There you know more than about clematis than you probably ever wanted to know. That's right. But if you do want to know more, why give us a call at 303-477-2473. Oh, and to finish up on the lawn care thing, aerate, fertilize, (coughs) and if you're going to put down a pre-emergent, now is the time to do it. Yes. Yeah, I know there's snow on the ground, and you may want to wait until it... uh, Now is a relative term. It is. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, anything. Anything it goes c- these days. It could be, so. you know, the next 15 seconds or, or 15 days. Yeah. You know, that's... That's right. Don't put it on today because that snow will clog up the wheels of your spreader. It will. Yeah. yeah. Can't, and if you're going to overseed the grass to thicken it up, do not put down a weed preventer. No. It won't let your, your lawn seed come up. W- uh, lawn preventers prevent seed from fully germinating. That's right. They actually try to germinate. It's won't allow them to go any further. So. Right. Stops them in their tracks. Yep. So, but, if, uh, but if you have perennial weeds, wouldn't be a bad time of year and you can treat those as well. Yeah. perennial When, when, when it warms up a bit. What Jim's talking about is weeds that are coming up from <coughs> roots from last year. Like? Like dandelions. Dandelions. Or bindweed. Uh-huh. Thistle. Clover. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All those sorts of things. Things that are not coming up from seed, but are coming up from established root systems. Yeah. And the weed preventer will not touch those. Weed preventer only covers germinating seed. So that's that's the trick there. Yep. So what would you use now on the on the perennial 
broad-leafed weeds. Wheat freeze zone will work. Oh, yeah. May little, be a little slow at these kind of temperatures, but it'll work. That's about the only thing that'll work with these cool yeah. temperatures. It's designed for cool yeah. season application. So that works. Fertilone weed-free zone. It's great for that. You can spot treat. I think <coughs> that's the best way to go is just to spot treat where you have to have it. Uh, and that way you're not using so much. And there's no reason to go out and just broadcast it all over the place. No. Not going to do it. That's right. No. All right. Well, we've got some callers on the line waiting yeah, to talk right. to us. Uh, Sean, why don't we go out and see what Betty's up to on line one. Good morning, Betty. Good morning. How are you this morning? Wonderful. Oh, I'm good. I'm so happy to hear you guys. I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, so thank you. I, oh, and I found the program last week, and I've listened to you for over 25 years, so it's been a long time. Oh, bless your heart. Lots of calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just had to call and say, welcome back. Well, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to turn 96 next week. Can't do any gardening, but this helps me to listen to all the... Well, bless your heart. Well, thank you, Betty, and happy yep. birthday. Well, thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks, Betty. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was sweet. And it's time for another break. Okay. Well, when we come back, we'll talk to JT about something that's not flowering, and he wants to know why. All right. It might be the snow and cold temperatures, but we'll find out right here in Legends 810. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games, but your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moon shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought-resistant. Colorado's own Turf Mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer. In the spring, everything is about the roots. Use Fertilome Root Stimulator and Plant Starter Solution for everything you plant. Trees, shrubs, ornamentals, and flowers. Make three applications 10 to 14 days apart and get up to 33% more roots. More roots means summer hardiness, increased drought tolerance, and less insect and fungus issues. Fertilome Root Stimulator and Plant Starter Solution also reduces transplant shock and promotes greener, more vigorous plants. Ask for it at your favorite local independent nursery, garden center, or hardware store, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. All right, we're back. A short little break there. And uh, we are probably going to go out and talk to JT at this moment. Let's do that. Good morning, JT. Thanks for calling the Wise Guys. Good morning, gentlemen. 
What's going on with your bad self? Well, I've got two things for you. Number one, I'm sure that your screener cannot spell forsythia. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Because that's, that's my problem. Ah. I'm looking at a 30-year-old plant that every year it's one of the first things to flower. And as of right now, there are maybe four or five flower, yellow flowers. And the plant's over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And I was planning to cut it to the ground as soon as it was through flowering this year because I have not been pruning it out adequately over time, and it's pretty thick down around the base. Uh, first of all, I wondered, could it possibly be dead? Or it, This is interesting, JT. This is interesting because Jim and I were talking about this very subject before the show started today. I've got two of them in my backyard. The only flowers that I have on mine are down near the ground that I can probably count on one hand. Yep. And, right. and the rest of the stems are dead. And well, except that I've got a few, you know, just a sporadic couple up maybe three and a half, four feet off the ground. Okay. But right now there's so much snow on it I can't even see where, <laughs> where the flowers were. Yeah. And it's weird. I was driving in well, down into Denver. No, we had yesterday or day before. Yeah. Oh, I was driving down in the Denver area, the Cherry Creek area, as a matter of fact, a few days ago before the snow, and the forsythia were gorgeous, beautiful. Um, okay. They, it's always warmer there. They always start sooner. I'm, I'm you know what I'm going to do with mine this year? I'm going to dig them out and throw them away and plant something else. <laughs> well, I'm going to try and cut it. How? Sh- how close to the ground should I cut it in the hopes, and should I fertilize what's still there? Because there's obviously some life in it. Well, I would determine the stems that you do have right now, determine if they are still alive. Yeah. And you can do that with the old fingernail test. Or just break them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. That works. (laughs) Dead. Yeah, you could use your fingernail, and if your fingernails are all, all gone, then you use a, 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 a knife and just scrape uh, sure. part of the of branch and see if it's green under there. Yeah. If it's green, it's still alive, and there's still hope. But all you right. can cut it to the ground. I mean, you don't have to leave any stubble at all. Okay. Well, I, just, I thought <clears> I'd take a, a chainsaw out there and just... Yep, that's the easiest way to do it, bef- yep. and before the leaves come out, because then it just gets messier. Yeah, okay. All right. Now, the other thing I wanted to say, and I, I hate to chastise you guys, but I, I called last week, and you said, oh, you can take the rose collars off Sunday night because our freezes are over. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, just didn't for the record, that. I did not say that. I did not take the collars <laughs> off. I was happy. I talked to my wife, and she said, you know, I understand we're going to have more snow this week. And I uh-huh. said, well, all right, then I'll leave them up. And I don't know where you live, but I had snow probably six to eight inches deep. I'm out by Park Meadows Mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I think you're probably radcasting from right across the street, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're located. Oh, no, we're, we're up here at Parker and Yale. Okay. okay. Yeah. But I live real close to Park Meadows, as a matter of fact. Okay, well. We had snow there, too. I did not take the the collars off, and I'm glad that I did. No, I I think you did the right thing. 
there are several of these rose bushes that are not showing any signs of life other than very close to the roots. Yeah, that that's fine. It's 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 the years, not you, not anything you did. Well, I understand that, but should I should I see if that's still alive, or should I cut it off, or? I would wait if I if they were mine. Okay. okay. How long? Until uh, the new growth comes out and is growing, you know, several inches long. Yep. That'll tell you where all the dead stuff is. See, I see a number of the buds have on the particularly on the climbing roses next to the fence. There are leaves starting to come out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole lot that isn't showing any signs of life. And that's okay. I mean, they, they, it's not unusual for roses not to leaf out over the whole length of the branch all at once. Okay. okay. And, and every variety is going to be different. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh-huh. Very good. Well, I appreciate your thoughts. And, and uh, I will ch I'll take that Frisithia down as soon as I don't see any more yellow. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, sir. Thanks right. for your call, JT. Thanks, JT. Uh, once again, I appreciate you being on for a much longer time. <clears throat> well, we enjoy it. Lots of fun to listen to you. Well, thank you. Indeed. Have a good one. Have All a good right. weekend. Um, you too. Speaking of forsythias, they have a there's a bunch of problems associated with it. I found over the years. Number one, it's the flower buds that form. Last year, mm -hmm. sometime. Late, late summer, yeah. And, and the, each variety is a little bit different, but many of them are not cold-hardy for our lowest temperatures here. The buds. The buds. The flower the buds. buds itself. Yeah. Now, as the buds start swelling and getting, looks like they're going to start opening, um, they can be affected by low temperatures as well. They're even less hardy. At that even point. less hardy then. Uh, and then with new growth, like I think what Keith is describing there, that, that occurred last year, low temperatures can kill the stems. Mm -hmm. There's any number of reasons that they don't bloom. They hardly ever bloom in my yard because of typically late, what we call late spring frost. And it's not late. It's normal. <laughs> this is the nature of the beast here. Yeah, exactly. Our, our last frost is typically... And that's an average May 12th. Yeah. Except when it isn't. What is, and, and what does that actually even mean? Does it mean there's a 50% there's a chance that it might or might not freeze after that? Yep. 50% chance, I believe. I think it's what the number is. Okay. And with each succeeding day, that percentage in decreases. By like yeah. 0.001%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> So if we have an, what we call an early spring, mm -hmm. and then we have a cold snap, there go your buds, your flower buds. Which is why I'm digging mine out altogether. And I think I might try planting one of those low-to-the-ground varieties. that are, They call them ground cover for Scythias. They mm -hmm. only grow a foot or two <clears throat> tall. It seems like that's the only place I get flowers anyway. <laughs> right. And with any luck, we'll get a foot of snow to protect them. There you go. <laughs> it's a lot easier to cover them. But they do bloom uh, prolifically in, in, in town, that is, you know, yes. downtown Denver or close by. It, it's just simply warmer there. It doesn't well, get as cold yeah. at night as it does out in the peripheries. Well, I grew up in Kansas, and, you know, when spring hit, it pretty much stayed. It didn't go away and come back and change yep. its mind, and, you know, winter would 
intercede and all that crap. We had uh, we had spring, and forsythias bloomed magnificently there. And it yeah. was it was one of my childhood memories. It was very nostalgic. It's a very nostalgic plant for yeah. me. Oh, yeah. I would love to be able to grow it. Yeah. And there are certain varieties, like Jim said, whose flower buds are more hardy than others, and especially varieties that were developed up in the northern part of this country. Now, but don't ask me what they are. I, yeah, me too. Uh, but, but try finding that information, flower bud hardiness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just doesn't exist. And, and flower bud hardiness at what stage? At what stage of opening, yes. Yes. Now, I think this is information that could be derived fairly easily by those people with clipboards and, and white lab coats. Or a grad student uh, especially wanting grad to do students. a thesis. <laughs> That's right. Who have nothing else to do on their hands except stand out in the field with a, with a thermometer <laughs> and measure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder what kind of thermometer you yeah, use. For days on end. And where you would stick it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that information I find is, is next to impossible because I'd be able to. I'd like to be able to grow a, a nice flowering magnolia in my backyard. Oh yeah. Now I know some of them are later blooming mm-hmm. to maybe escape some of our late spring frost. I dare you to find that information online anywhere. Well, they make all kinds of claims online. Yeah. But what do you believe? Um, That's the other thing. How accurate are the claims? I know. Well, that that too. But I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to start if someone who, who actually has measured it and can give me information. But it's, it's just simply not there. So I'm not, I'm not going to plant the flowering magnolia. I think this year is another year they're, they're not going to perform. Yeah, I've got one. I've got a star magnolia in my backyard, mm-hmm. a little one. That, I mean, it, it might be two feet tall. Yeah. And it was starting to put flowers out. So I'll go check and see what they look like. I expect them to be black. At this point. <laughs> you got one of those special ones, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. But it just depends on what kind of gardener you are. If you're patient and are willing to go with one year out of five or six where you get a nice display, then it might be worth it to you. That's the year you take tons and tons of pictures. You stay home from work and you look at it all day. All day long. <laughs> Put lights on it at night so you can enjoy it. That's too. right. For that year. And then be prepared not to see it again for That's right. five or six or ten years. Or be disappointed when you see those flower buds going the nice pink yes, and pretty tight. And you figure, oh boy, next week it's going to be dead. <laughs> 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 yeah, that does happen. So that's unfortunate. But, uh, but what, you know, the year that they're good, they are very good. They are. They really are. And they're worth, when, when, if it's good in your yard, you know that they're going to be good all around town. So it's worth a drive around to oh, check yeah, other people's yeah. as well and see what other varieties are out there that you may never have noticed before because they hadn't bloomed. That's right. Do you hear music? I do. All right. That indicates we have to get out of here and take a little break over the top of the hour. We're going to be back pretty soon right here on Legends 810.